Hello and welcome to the Drink In Geek Out Podcast. This is a show where we drink beer and geek out. You're listening to episode number 130, Captain Marvel. We're featuring two mystery Guinness mixes, as I explained in a previous episode I'll get into later, with your host Dustin, Seth, Keith, and Noah. Yeah. Ooh, special guest. Ooh. Everybody, welcome back. Uh, we are doing episode 130 for Captain Marvel. This film came out uh, two weeks ago. Yeah, something like yes. that. Yeah. So it's uh, pretty exciting, pretty fresh. Uh, since then, we've gotten Endgame trailer, including Captain Marvel, and then probably breakdowns of those post-credits scenes, which is so good. Yeah. So That's at the end of the episode. We'll get onto that stuff. Right, absolutely. All right, so a uh, brief history on the Captain Marvel. Fawcett Comics, a division of Fawcett Publications, was one of several was well, several successful comic book publishers during the golden age of comic books in the 1940s. Its most popular character was Captain Marvel, the alter ego of radio reporter Billy Batson, who transformed into the hero whenever he said the magic word, Shazam. <laughs> Following a trial in which DC Comics sued Fawcett Comics for breach of copyright, Claiming Fawcett's Captain Marvel was too similar to Superman, the latter stopped publishing Captain Marvel in 1953. In the late 1960s, Marvel gained the trademark Captain Marvel with their first series. To retain their trademark, Marvel has had to publish a Captain Marvel title at least once every two years, since leading to a number of ongoing series, limited series, and one-shots featuring a range of characters using the Captain Marvel alias. Several characters in Marvel Comics have held the title of Captain Marvel. The first Captain Marvel printed by Marvel Comics was created by Stan Lee and Gene Colan in Marvel Colin, Super Colan. <laughs> in Marvel Superheroes number 12, December 1967. This character is an alien military officer, Captain Marvel of the Kree Imperial Militia, who sent to who was sent to observe planet Earth as it is developing technology to travel into space. Marvel eventually wearies of his superior's malign intent and allies himself with Earth and the Kree Empire brands him as a traitor. From then on, Marvel fights to protect Earth from all the threats. The you set, oh. may remember in the movie there is a Marvel, but it's not a male superhero like mm-hmm. in the comics. It, it's they kind of do their own thing with the character, and it, we'll get more into that when we talk about the ca- cast and characters. But gender splicing, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The second Captain Marvel was created by writer Roger Stern and artist John Romita Jr. She first appeared in The Amazing Spider-Man Annual, number 16, 1982. The character is Monica Rambeau, a police lieutenant, remember Lieutenant Trouble in the movie, from New Orleans who possesses the power to transform herself into any form of energy. She eventually ceded the Captain Marvel name to the original Captain Marvel's son, after which Rambeau took the name Photon, using that for quite some time, and Janice Vell adopted the same name. Janice Vell and Monica discussed this and monica decided on the name pulsar she most recently returned to the avengers using the codename spectrum also remember the line you will have to learn how to glow like your aunt carol <laughs> i just got that. <laughs> that's pretty cool she actually led the avengers they didn't just like Have join them she led the team the third captain marvel was janice bell 
The fourth Captain Marvel is Philavel, Janice Vell's younger sister. And the fifth Captain Marvel is, oh my, Kerner? Kerner. 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 <laughs> There's no vowels in that. <laughs> As part of the Dark Reign storyline, Novar joined the new team, the Dark Avengers, using the alias Captain Marvel. So I don't, I didn't include anything among those because they weren't in the movie. So right. if they're in a future Captain Marvel movie, then we'll talk about them on that episode. But as of now, there are other ones. We're just, they're not important to us right now. So they have ways to go to expand. Yeah. If they, they want, want to, to bring more to Captain Marvels in this. Yeah. Down the line, phase 10, whatever. <laughs> Check us out 30 years from now. <laughs> I mean, it's a possibility when they're talking about the space invasion of the scroll. Yeah. It's and, true. And they've already introduced Monica Rambo in the movie. So in the next one, there might be a kid, Janice Vell or Kenner. <laughs> Kenner. All right. In July 2012, Carol Danvers, the longtime superheroine known as Miss Marvel, assumed the mantle of Captain Marvel in an ongoing series written by Kelly Sue DeConnick with art by Dexter Soy. Danvers dons a jumpsuit and explores her own past. DeConnick said that WonderCon 2012 that her pitch for the series could be described as Carol Danvers as Chuck Yeager, a former United States Air Force officer flying ace and record-setting test pilot. In 1947, he became the first pilot confirmed to have exceeded the speed of sound in level flight. She said the series would contemplate what Captain Marvel's legend means to Danvers, how she will wield it, and how the rest of the Marvel Universe reacts. little uh, spoiler before we grab our first beer, uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick was in the movie. Oh yeah, she did have a cameo, mm. I read that. I didn't mm. look at who it was or what uh, character it was. She was just a, a passerby on the subway station That's or the train what station. That's guess was going to be. Yeah, <laughs> there when so she, many people in that scene. Right, when she's running out after... She like bumps into somebody... Yeah, and that's the who she mm-hmm. bumped into. That's when she loses that old grandma who mm-hmm. changes her skin. So, boom. <laughs> Nod to her. It's amazing. Uh, beer one. Yeah, we're jumping right into this one. Uh, uh, we I are... think uh, Keith needs a break from all that talking. So. I do. Yeah, he does. That was a... <laughs> that's our show format. We just have Keith talk for a while, and then we grab some beer. <laughs> we all you get... guys bring us home, though. <laughs> we all get the reward from his talking. Yeah. All right, so we have something special going on. We are doing... Since it's St. Patrick's Day-ish area. I celebrate St. Patrick's Day all All the time. All entire month, yeah. When we record, it kind of is St. Patrick's Day. That's That's true. true. (laughs) That's true. Uh, And so last year we did something around the same time period where we just had all of the beers that people have put, you know, names to and lists on about the top 10, top 20. Black tan and all those. Guinness mixes, black tan, half and half. Blacksmith, whatever. Uh, go back to that episode last year at this time. 60-something? 70-something? Um, don't, don't ever know. trust him. He's never good at guessing. I am always wrong. Uh, if you don't know how good at guessing I am, go to the Summer Movie Wager. I'm the, the best at it. Uh, but anyways, we do have Guinness mixes that we broke down and kind of rated like top 14 that mm-hmm. we did. Uh, so I got this idea that maybe during this month we can do something again like that but i wanted for us to pick a beer i said local beer but i kind of backed away from that because it was kind of hard to find like local beers that you think you would whatever flavor you wanted yeah so we went away with that but we had to pick a beer that you think would mix well with guinness and then you had to come up with a clever name and then we're going to rank those two beers amongst ourselves not on untapped or anything but amongst ourselves after this episode, next episode, which was better tasting of the ranking, and then which had a better name. Ooh. So the name is important as well. Right. 
Do you want to reveal the name of the first beer and we'll try to guess what the beer is? Or Yeah, we do that. Yeah. Uh, who's uh, What are we doing first? Are we doing the... Uh, the oh. first two pair. Oh yeah, we're doing the two beers. We'll do that one. All right. So the first beer. Stout or no, we'll do the the porter. porter. We'll do the porter. <clears throat> uh, I call it the PB and G. So it's peanut butter, butter and Guinness. Guinness. Yeah, I know it's so original. <laughs> it's so original. <laughs> I, I I like the name though. Thank you. Leave me alone. All right. So we're gonna take a little break. Uh, Keith's gonna break. He's gonna do some more talking. He's gonna break down how you can <laughs> uh, find us on social medias and all that jazz. So just give me a moment. While we get the next beer ready, I just wanted to remind you that you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at DrinkInGeekOut. You can also check out our show notes and other fun stuff on our website, DrinkInGeekOut.com. You can also email us any comments or suggestions at DrinkInGeekOut at gmail.com. If you like what you hear, please take a second to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, the Google Play Store, or wherever you get your podcasts. We also have a Patreon where you can get some fun bonus content. Find us there at patreon.com backslash drinkingeekout. And now, back to the show. We don't have anything like really written about these, so welcome back, guys. <laughs> uh, so the first beer that we're doing, uh, I teased with the name PBNG. Uh, we pretty much have guessed what it is. So <laughs> I didn't so, know who it was from. Surprise. So many peanut butter porters. It's uh, like, how do you guess? Yeah, so many. Right, so uh, for Peanut Butter Day, International Peanut Butter Day, uh, Four Day Ray released a peanut butter porter and released it on Instagram. And my wife was like, you need to get this. <laughs> and so I was like, all right. Yeah, I was already on my way. I was like, I was already on my way to get it anyways, so I'll get two. So we got two of them. So uh, since uh, I got it in a crowler form, we actually have enough to actually taste this mm-hmm. uh, solo. I figured we can... Uh, quickly go through that uh we're not going to go through the whole rigmarole you guys can check in if you want but we're not going to be really worried about that one uh, but i can tell you what that the color is nice yeah mm-hmm. there's no can to talk about but it's it's yep. dark yeah and it smells a lot like peanut butter yeah, sure definitely. does the description says roasty peanut butter chocolate and toffee flavors <laughs> with a smooth chocolate finish yeah, so, so it's technically peanut butter and chocolate border. Yeah, I'm really excited to see how the Guinness mix tastes, but I'm really just to try this first. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! And Four Day Rays is located in Fishers, Indiana. I don't think yeah. you've ever reviewed anything from them. No, we haven't. We should. We should yeah. probably just go there. <clears throat> I know. Yeah. Speaking of, mm. we can talk about this off air, but I have something that was sitting on my little coffee table over here. Something if we want to invest in, if we want to take the show on the road. Something sweet, sweet water sells. My dad found it in a magazine. Like a portable recorder type deal? You can, oh my gosh, it's amazing. I won't talk about it right now. But <laughs> Just it's throw, throwing the seat out there so yep, when I'm editing this episode, I can be like, oh, damn it, we didn't talk to you about it. <laughs> yeah, I, <know. laughs> I think it's really good. I don't it remember if I checked in or not. It's um, definitely, nope. out of all these peanut butter porters, roastier and more peanutty, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Um and it so, definitely retains a lot of the actual peanut flavor instead of like the creaminess they usually mm-hmm. get. Exactly. Yeah. And they usually have like a burnt peanut flavor. And this one has more of just like a traditional peanut butter flavor, not like that fake peanut butter powder or anything. Yeah. It's like yeah. roasty kind of. Yeah. It's definitely roasty. Yeah. Uh, so Allison knows the owner's wife. Ooh. And so she was just telling me about just a conversation she had with her about this. And she was like, yeah, he... F- stupidly loves peanut butter <laughs> so that makes sense yeah <laughs> when you uh when you're all about it 
make a, the best peanut butter beer that you can make, which is awesome as, uh, you know, going into it as some culinary interests in making beers. Yeah. Uh, then perfecting type of thing just <clears throat> makes your other beers much better in my opinion. It's interesting too, because the peanuts obviously dominate. Usually it's a peanut butter chocolate. Mm-hmm. A lot of people do that. So I'm like waiting on the chocolate undertones to come out. I'm like, they're not here. They're it's, really it truly is just a peanut butter beer. Right. It really, yeah. I mean, you can, you can have some kind of, there's little undertones. You can kind of taste it, but yeah. Uh, Dominates. if you, if you didn't say that there was chocolate in here, I wouldn't have been looking for mm-hmm. it. Yeah. I don't notice the toffee really in my opinion, but roasted peanut butter for sure. Yeah. It's probably just, uh, just enough to pull out the peanut butter taste, mm-hmm. something like that. So when you mix it with Guinness, it's supposed to taste like, I don't know, <laughs> but, uh, last year we had, uh, cherry wheat from Sam Adams on here. And when you mix that it with really Guinness, it tasted like chocolate covered cherries. Mm-hmm. So in my opinion, I was like, "Could this be like like a Reese's even more? Yeah, could it be like a Reese's you know cup or something?" Um, still I'm hoping for peanut butter. Yeah, the, I mean, the foam. Hell, like the glass still mm-hmm. smells of peanut mm-hmm. butter. So, all right. So yeah, we're not going to review the Guinness. Guinness is uh, uh, from Ireland, <laughs> from <laughs> Dublin. <laughs> Uh, it's probably made here in Baltimore. There's a Guinness factory yeah. in Baltimore. Uh, but it's still mainstay in Dublin. The <laughs> the smell is actually... <laughs> yeah, it's still there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't really smell any Guinness. But, of course, there isn't really a whole lot of Guinness smell. Mm. Got the head of Guinness, that's for sure. <clears throat> Being the last thing you poured in here. Right. And for having number one, uh, when I first poured, I... Uh, gave you more head like when I poured it. Yeah. Uh, it separated into three colors. Yeah. It was really at cool. first, it, yeah, it was really dope. I hope you got it in the picture. I hope so too. I don't know. Uh, it's it's slow. it's two color now, but it was in three colors. I thought it was pretty dope. I was hoping it kind of was gonna stay. There be some kind of uh, pH level difference. <laughs> <laughs> that would been cool. Shall we? I'm gonna take a step. Oh, it's got that smooth. Guinness mouthfeel. Yeah. Ooh. It tones down the peanut butter mm-hmm. just a mm-hmm. little bit. I mean, it's not as, what, robust would be the, the word that I would probably use for that. Yeah, you really just get hints of peanut butter now instead of just being mm-hmm. like peanut butter blast. We probably should have done it the other way where we do the mix first. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, I still have that peanut flavor. Live and learn. <laughs> I still probably... got some of this left. I'll, I'll switch oh, back and forth. <laughs> I don't know. Because um, then you get a little bit used to the peanut flavor, and then mm-hmm. the Guinness gets a little bit more pronounced. As you... I think it's good, because if you didn't like the <clears throat> peanut butter to begin with, if it was too peanutty, <clears throat> this definitely smooths it out, mm-hmm. blends it. Yeah. It's almost like a shake now, like mm-hmm. a like a peanut butter shake, like a self-made one. I don't mean from like a, a, like a <laughs> store you throw... You know, milk and peanut butter, a little oh. bit of ice cream, maybe some Vanilla chocolate protein, or I don't know something. Mm-hmm. I yeah, it doesn't. I mean, it's not like a, I'm not saying it tastes proteiny at all. Um, feels like it's missing that little aspect from the whole peanut butter thing, but it's definitely smoother, creamier. Yeah, because Guinness is like a nitro can, right? Uh-huh. It doesn't have that little ball in it. Yeah, generally. Generally, <laughs> I don't think these do. The special edition cans. Uh, I don't know if you have a special edition can. No, I don't. Yeah. I'll keep one. 
I like the bear. I don't know why there's a bear on it. I don't know. Last year's was a, a pelican. Yeah, there was. A yeah, bird. I've seen the pelican. Yeah, I thought I left the pelican for you last year. He lost it. It might be somewhere. I've Behind. run out of room. <clears throat> Our last like twelve podcasts here are all in a box in my garage. <laughs> completely run out of room. <laughs> and I have to start the purge of bottles. Yeah, I got to get rid of. I could probably throw away a lot of those shorts. <laughs> <laughs> or your father's. Oh, that's true. Don't throw but away your not father. Not my father. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's not your father, so you can get rid of him. Some stranger. Yeah. I saw they redesigned the not your fathers. I saw it in the store last night. That's like an old bottle mm. now, so that's probably collectible. Yeah. I, don't, I can't get rid of it now because they, right. they redid the label. <laughs> Those are not going in the box, though. Yep. So it's like more crafty. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe you can find uh, a way to package it up and sell it on eBay or something. Yeah, I could. Yeah. Is that a Coke bottle up there, too? Yeah, it's got my name on it. That was from when it first came out. Yeah. Where Coke was like, oh, now your name's on it. Buy it. Yeah. So I did. I feel like the entire top shelf could probably go away. Oh, yeah. Those are my, that's my original, my original yeah. beers before we, long before we started this Rolling podcast. Rolling Rock and Bud Light up there. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but it's Bud Light Lime. He's only got a Budweiser. Oh, like I before. think it's a Bud Light. St. Uh, Patty's, Patty's Day. Day. Oh, green the, can. The green aluminum bottles. Oh, no, don't keep that one. Yeah. And that looks like a like one of the redesigned but original Budweiser cans. I'd probably mm-hmm. keep that one. Or probably you could sell those too. Those are sound, those are like uh, Black Crown that they made for a while. Budweiser yeah. Black Crown. I feel like those have really good value as a uh, container only. Yeah. And then the Alexander Keith. That was an original beer from overseas. I forget where, but it just says Keith on the side. Oh, I'm like, yes, got somebody got that for me. I think my dad did in an antique store. I'm All like, right, no, we're not getting that. We're not getting rid of any of your cans. No. We just need, <laughs> we need to buy you more storage. I need more storage. <laughs> I put a second shelf up above my TV. I've been looking. I got to yeah. get some wood, and I'll just like yeah. go higher. You're gonna open your kitchen cabinets, and it's, it's gonna be full beer, of beer bottles. bottles. <laughs> I have a problem. <laughs> you got this whole wall here. Yeah, that's yeah. true. But but then you got people. <clears throat> With people walking, yeah. Into it. Bob being so tall, you knock it over. Pail spilling his beer all over it. <laughs> Managed to throw it on the wall somehow. <laughs> okay, back to the beer at hand. Gotta somehow rate this. Yeah. Out of five, I guess. Yeah, we just might, we might as well just keep it out of five. Hmm. So I gave the four to the four day raise. Mm hmm. I'm just not sure if this if the the Guinness helps it or hinders it. Yeah, that's okay. what I'm really it, worried. I about. like how it smooths it out, but it really takes away from the nice peanut butter notes that you have. I'm noticing is like the more I drink it, you kind of get the peanut flavor yeah. build up over time. Because it was at the mm-hmm. and it was I at think the it bottom. Was mixed at the bottom or unmixed at the bottom, so right. it definitely comes out more at the end. I mean, having a, a pour like this, it's supposed to come through the bottom mm-hmm. with you know. I mean, yes, the whole yeah, point, but it. yeah, but it's, uh, it's definitely more built up in the back, but it's still, it's like, does it help it? Does yeah. it hurt it? I don't know. I don't know if it's an improvement, but it's still good. So, I, right. Yeah. It doesn't really hurt it either. I don't think it just <laughs> ain't good, but it ain't bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it adds the nice creaminess, but it takes away some of the peanut butter. So it's kind of I like that part, and I don't like that part, but it kind of evens it out. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's what I'm like <clears throat> teetering on. Like, do I like the fact that it strips the peanut butter down a little bit? Because mm-hmm. what if you don't like roasty, chunky peanut butter? Yeah. Right when yeah. you're eating your peanut butter, you like it smooth. This would be perfect for you. 
So yeah, if you're a crunchy peanut butter guy, just drink it straight. <laughs> yeah. And if you like it, it's smooth. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you read my mind. Um, hell, this is probably gonna be like a range between three seventy-five and four. That's, like, yeah, that's that's where I'm teetering between. Is it like a little bit less than the original, or like just on the same tier? Now, if it would have pulled the chocolate out a little bit more, mm-hmm. it probably would just be. Oh, yeah. Right up there. Yep, yeah. definitely. Like there's hints of chocolate, but there was hints of chocolate in the original, so yeah, it's not more. Because like I want to say it's kind of like a dessert beer. Yeah, you know? mm-hmm. but it's just not sweet enough to where it's it's like know? a pastry stout, mm-hmm. right? Not yeah. quite mm. there. If Guinness had more lactose in it, it would mm-hmm. be definitely that sweeter, smoother. Because I think having this on like a nitro tap, yeah, it would be better because you would get more of the peanut butter. Mm-hmm. But the smoothness. Mm. Oh, why did I have to do this first? It makes it so <laughs> rough. Tough one. Mm. Uh, trying to be very, like, since we we are rating these like, against each other, mm-hmm. trying to be as non-biased as possible. <laughs> Just give yourself a five. Okay. I think mine's the best. Mine's best. I'd, I'd probably give it a four, though. Like, if anything, I probably would have rated the Four Day Ray Beer standalone at four twenty five. Mm-hmm. I probably just said that this is a four. Mm. It's tough to say. It's not like it hurts it, but it still it smooths it out. It says it doesn't quite make it. the The, the pluses for the Four Day Ray Beer is make it up to four twenty five are not as present as in the mix. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's a four. So uh, yeah, since I went four with the Four Day Ray. Uh, I would probably knock this down to 3.75 just to, I think it's slightly less than, but it's still very good. Mm-hmm. I'm going to second Dustin on this completely. I would have gave the four day ray 4.25. I didn't check it in, but <laughs> <clears throat> that's what I would have given it. And then definitely a four with this. Cause it's like, I don't know. Does it hurt? Does it not? This brand new territory of mixing stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, eh, it depends on who you are, but yeah. So four. I don't know. I would say it adds kind of like the subtle notes of that peanut butter to where I don't think it's hurting it. And I think it might make it a little bit better depending on your, you know, palate. But I'd say it's probably sitting at like a a nice even four. Fair. Um, So does it improve? We talked about it improving the four day rate. Did it improve the Guinness at all? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, too. But I, yeah. I don't know what I rated Guinness at. <laughs> Here we I'm go. the only one. Doing that. <laughs> uh, <I think laughs> flip to the table. I mean, Guinness is like one of the first beers that I've like really ever mm-hmm. had. And like I just started drinking it because I knew I needed to. Like, <laughs> I knew it. Yes. So it's really hard for me to say that this is better than just a straight-up Guinness, but it absolutely is. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Yep. With that in mind, I'm going to change my score to a four. So we we all gave it a four. <laughs> okay, there we go. In a hand-holding sort of way. Should we go back to Captain Marvel? Yeah, probably. Yeah, we're just rambling right now. <laughs> Talking about <laughs> bottles of beer on the wall. Yeah. All right, so the story follows Carol Danvers, which, as we found out from Keith earlier, Miss Marvel was her first name. and mm-hmm. was a very sexist name. Yeah. And uh, then she later, I think it's 90s, is when they officially... 2012, he said. In his yeah, little... Really? I, yeah. Thought it, I thought it was earlier than that. I know, so did I. Yeah. But, well, Wikipedia says one thing. I don't know. Right. You can believe it if you want. 
Yeah, I, don't, I, I changed don't. it last night before you covered it. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So yeah, 2012, she dons the mantle, Captain Marvel. Uh, she becomes one of the most universe or one of the universe's most powerful heroes when Earth is caught in the middle of a galactic war between two alien races, the Kree and the Skrull. It is set in 1995. Captain Marvel is an all-new adventure from a previously unseen period in the history of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So it's 95. Those need to see scroll actually spelled out because I kept thinking scrolls. Like oh, scroll, scroll with an O. I'm like, yeah. why are these people scrolls? I don't <laughs> get it. <laughs> it's also really nice to see like the the beginnings or what we see as the beginnings of Kree. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. the entire time, like me and Allison were like, the Kree are the bad guys. What? Yeah, yeah exactly. What happened? It's like yeah. in Guardians, they're the bad guys. In like that one season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they're bad guys. Yes, right. that's what I was pulling yeah. in there. I'm like, oh, there's all Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. cameos and, like, I Easter eggs. It. Yeah, yeah, the Coulson. Oh, Coulson. I miss him. Uh, there's a lot of <laughs> 90s nostalgia when you watch this movie. Uh, we had the website that we yeah. talked about mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago. I don't know if it was posted. I don't know if we ever talked about it on, on the, the show, show, but it was around it was on Twitter, I think. Yeah, it was around the time period we were talking about the show. Uh Go to your angelfire.com and create yes. a website. <laughs> it's got a bunch of like gifs and like flash media players. Yeah, and, and the and, and the the view counter, the website view counter. Yes. <laughs> How it's many like visits? a little guest book so you can sign in when you visit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, the 90s. Yeah. And then there was like the magic eye posters that they put on Twitter uh-huh. just a couple weeks ago that yeah. play on that 90s nostalgia. Yeah. We had a new Marvel Studios banner. Uh, it was the same music. It's still Michael Giacchino, mm. uh, but it was the all Stanley cameos mm. and extra footage of him around the set, mm-hmm. basically trying to pull in. Here's what he meant to this company. Yeah, uh, I wonder how long they're gonna run that one. Uh, they'll probably yeah, be yeah, on maybe the, just this one, or maybe the, they might do it in Avengers too. The Infinity yeah. one, yeah. He's still got a cameo in that and Spider-Man, so maybe mm-hmm. they'll do it in those three and just yeah. when his yeah. cameos are over, stop running it or something. I mean, they probably got enough Stan Lee stuff he's going to be in. I'm sure I mean, if they can make Samuel L. Jackson look young, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, they yeah. can do a fake I'm Stan sure Lee and put him in there. I'm sure voice in like a radio or something, or like on Daredevil, they just had his picture yeah. in like the precinct or something. So yeah. I'm sure he'll he's going to continue to be in it in some way, shape, or form. Yep. Uh, speaking of the Stanley cameos, we had one uh, this time around. It was actually interesting because this is set in '95, mm-hmm. and '96 and '97 time frame is when Mallrats came out. Yeah. Yep. And he's reading the script and yep. uh, practicing his line. Yep, he was. It was. Uh, uh, oh, what was that line? Uh, you were the. You, oh, you are the true believer. Yeah. Uh, and that's spoken to Jason Lee. So there's a controversy around this cameo because he's playing himself. Yeah. He's he, credited as Stanley. As Stanley. Mm-hmm. And he Stanley is the creator of all these superheroes. So he's living in a world where these superheroes exist, but he also created them in the comic books. Ooh. So how does that go mm. together? Like Interesting. <laughs> yeah. So they were talking about either him being the creator and it's all like him being crazy and thinking about everything's going on or he's technically like Superman or Spider-Man where he gets the information mm. and then publishes it 
Mm. So he's like kind of like a reporter, but making it, you know, fictitious. It was kind of crazy. Good point. Did you guys see the video of Kevin Smith? Yeah. When he talked about this, no, he got super emotional. He said that the director of the movie called him and said, do you have any like of Stan Lee's lines recorded for that video? And he said, you got to go talk to the studio. And they did find it. So those were actual outtakes mm-hmm. um, of Stan Lee practicing his oh, lines. So cool. it was his real voice, but from like 95, wow. 96, when he that's was rehearsing cool. and doing that. Yeah. Um, so it was pretty cool. He said he was super emotional when he saw it in the movie. Like, oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. He knew it was coming. But um, it's just like actually seeing that. It, it was a pretty cool video. I watched it. Right. And it's a it's a huge nod to Kevin Smith mm-hmm. as a director and a writer. Because he like was real into the geek culture. Like, yeah. Back, back in Clerks. Mm-hmm. He like, wrote a Spider-Man comic yeah, book. Exactly. Like, he wrote a draft of the Superman movie that never was made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's I I love Kevin Smith like absolutely, and hearing about that just kind of was like oh that's awesome like yeah. I remember seeing it, and I was like that's a Mallrats script. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, go back to nineties nostalgia. I want to point out when she's calling phoning home basically. Yeah, outside of the blockbuster, she uses the old Game Boy. Yeah, to yes. hook up and communicate, <laughs> and then like when it connects, it makes the. Bings, like of the yeah. Nintendo logo coming on the screen. I was yeah. like, oh, that is so perfect. Oh, yeah. She uh, technically also channels her inner uh, ET. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, making something out of what was an etch a sketch mm-hmm. or uh, whatever that toy was that yeah. ET did. Was... Speaking spell. Oh, a speaking oh, speak spell. It, yeah, speaking yeah, spells. A speak yep. spell. Yeah. So he was able to get a speaking spell working to call, contact home. She did the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, nostalgia blockbuster. Yep. Yes, it was before I the. Was laughing. <laughs> it was before the blockbuster rebrand, so it wasn't just blockbuster. It was blockbuster, blockbuster video. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And there's she gets shot in the head with a Nerf gun, <laughs> like on the yes. spaceship. <laughs> it's yeah. just like bonk. <laughs> uh, we can go on. Um, yeah, a lot of Easter eggs. <laughs> a lot of Easter eggs. Uh, we have our casting list. We got Brie Larson as Burrs, Carol Danvers. Which is dumb. I hate that name. Yeah, it's so stupid how they came up with that. Oh, it's the other half of her dog deck. <laughs> uh, AKA Captain Marvel. So, what did we think of her since this is her first appearance? And, like, I don't really know much about her aside from this movie. Yeah, I don't. She seemed very stuffy. She was in Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Yeah, she did, mm. like, a small part. I have a, I have a, a little Easter egg about that oh, in here. What? I know. It's crazy. Uh, what, she wasn't in Lost? <laughs> she probably was. I wouldn't be surprised. Everything goes back to Lost. Oh. Uh, I don't know. I, I I know the name. She was in Kong, Skull Island. That's the only thing I've seen Okay. And she's like Loki's friend in that movie. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think Nick Fury's forgot about that, too. Like, I, know, like I, don't, I don't know. Like, it's really hard for me to remember, like... What stuff she was in. I'm looking up an IMDb mm-hmm. right now, kind of talking my way in circles. But I don't know. She's in like 61 things. But I'm like, how do I know? Like, what is she in? She's right? in Community, apparently. But I was like, I don't remember her. I don't remember her being in Community. Yeah, she, she was in like a full season. And I was like, I what? don't remember seeing her once. <laughs> like, As I don't a student know, she, in like, the background? surgery or what? I don't recognize her. Or it's like, now when I go back and watch these, I'm like, oh, there's Captain Marvel. She's in this movie. Isn't that Allison... Allison Brie is in Community, mm-hmm. but you're I, telling me Brie Larson is also in Community? Mm-hmm. Well, interesting note about 
Allison Brie and Brie Larson, they're both on the fappening, if you want to go. <laughs> the there you go. <laughs> she was in three episodes. Her name was Rachel. Just uh, I just found it on here. See, I mean, I mean, I'm not even like finding. Oh, she was in Don John with um, oh, I don't know. what that? What's that guy's name? Joe yeah. Levitz. Yeah, Joseph that, Gordon-Levitz. Mm. Joseph Gordon-Levitz. Oh, she was in Twenty One Jump Street. Hmm. I couldn't tell you who she was in that movie. <laughs> I don't. She, even... I think she was the roommate of uh, Jonah Hill, or of, his, of Jonah Hill's girlfriend. Oh, okay. Hmm. She was in the League. She was in a couple episodes on the League. I have to rewatch the league. Oh, that was so long ago. She's in so many things I've watched. I'm like, I don't remember ever seeing her face. Yeah, kind of forgettable, I guess. There's also a Black Sheep video by Envy Adams, who she played uh, in Scott Pilgrim. So it's like a video short. Mm. But I don't really like these. A lot of these movies, I don't know. Like, here's the one I just mentioned: Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh, I don't know any of these things. She's in Room, right? I didn't see that. I, I didn't see I it. I briefly, yeah, yeah. I think it she got like an Academy home. Award or something. Uh, 13 going on 30. So she was called Six Chick. So she's probably <laughs> a group of people. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta work your way up. She I finally made it big. Probably, yeah, it's awesome that she did. But I was like, she's also the, the Glass Castle. She's the main picture on that one. I have no idea. Free Flyer, Digging for Fire. She's in Room. You're right. <laughs> Trainwreck. I don't know. But I knew the name. I don't know how yeah. I knew the name. I just knew the name. So it was awesome to have her on there. Uh, <laughs> I thought she, she kind of felt stuffy in the first little bit of the movie. I don't know. Yeah. Like until she gets her memories back and yeah. she like, starts having a relationship with uh, Rambo, whatever her name was. Maria. <laughs> Maria Rambo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, then she starts coming out. And then I like her interactions with Nick Fury throughout the movie. I think yeah. they have good chemistry. Yeah, and I like her. I like her chemistry with Thor in the oh Endgame trailer. Gosh. That was so good. She she like gave him the the up down, and he was like, "I like this one." I like this one. I thought she was gonna start glowing or something. I was waiting for it. Yeah, I mean, it'd be kind of like a vision thing, you know, mm-hmm. like vision proved in one instance that Thor should trust him, and then picked up his hammer. Yeah, she. Yeah. You know, I'm pretty sure she probably could. I think. Oh, I don't know if this. Stormbreaker has that power. I think anybody can pick it up. Oh. I don't. I don't think it has that like curse on it that only the worthy can pick it up. I, I feel <laughs> like that should be a thing, but it probably it's probably not the <laughs> probably not the case of the Stormbreaker. Um, the Tesseract energy is what created her power. I didn't like that at all. That's not how it goes yeah. in the comics. Yeah, I think it's interesting to tie that whole Infinity Stone world yeah. back into this movie. It actually gives her the ability to destroy stones. Yeah. Because uh, Scarlet Witch has the power of the Mind Stone, and she is able to destroy a the, stone. Yeah, mm. but I'm not sure if it was any stone. They didn't really talk yeah, about. Yeah, that's that. what I was curious. If you can only destroy the stone that created you, or you have the power to destroy any stone, right? Because she was on her way to kill Vision. She didn't want to. Mm-hmm. But they could have been like Scarlet Witch, just destroy his gauntlet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you were the strongest hero in the universe at this point, but. You don't ever use your powers. Yeah, yep. now Captain Marvel. Now Captain Marvel is. Yeah. Also, does her glowing spirit give her the ability to breathe out in space? <laughs> That's what I was wondering. Yeah. yeah. It's like her old suit, like combined with it, like she'll put like the Sometimes little she mask down. Mask on and, then... and other times she's like, I'm just floating. <laughs> yeah. And she's talking. Also, how did that jacket stay from burning? <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
I thought it was like, no, let let Monica keep that jacket. You're going to set it ablaze when you go yeah. in space. And that didn't happen. Well, she was wearing it when she exploded, right? Or no? No. No, because she told Monica to keep it safe for her. Oh, that's right. Yeah. But I like when that Tesseract does interact with her, it looks exactly like when the Guardians are holding their the yeah. one stone, like their skin's like melting away for a second there. Yeah. I thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of Guardians mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> Easter eggs in this film, hence why I wore my Guardian shirt. Because <laughs> you don't have a Captain Marvel shirt? Because I do not. Well, yeah, I don't have a Captain You're Marvel sexist. shirt. sexist. <laughs> <laughs> you right, you right. <laughs> Sam Jackson as Nicholas Joseph Fury. Everybody calls him Fury. Everyone calls him Fury. <laughs> Except for the scroll or for Robert Redford at the <laughs> end of uh, Civil Winter War Soldier. or uh, Hill at yeah. the end <laughs> yeah. when she gets in the car accident. She's like, Nicholas or Nick. Yeah. Boom. And then she's fade away. Oh, Nick. So it kind of suggests that Maria Hill and Sam Jackson are Ooh. kind of romantically involved. Oh. <laughs> I thought she was a scroll. I didn't or, know his name. Or a scroll. <laughs> no, no, no. She's not Hawkeye. No. Hawkeye is a confirmed scroll. Is he? No, I have no idea. No. <laughs> I have no idea. He does share a name with the villain in this movie. Isn't yeah. he Ronin in yeah. the comics? <laughs> yeah, but it's I-N, yeah. not A-N. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So he loses his eye in this one. Yeah, that's funny. Huh? <laughs> I wondered how they're gonna do yeah. it, and it was hilarious. <laughs> you know what's yeah. gonna happen, and then I was irked about it though. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, that's how." Okay, yeah. I was like you gotta be flurking kidding me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lose an eye to a cat, but he tells the cat he trusts him. Mm-hmm. I trust you, and then he loses it because at the end of Winter Soldier, he's like, "Yeah, I, I last time last I trusted time. someone, I lost mine." In the comics, the cat's name is Chewy. Yes, it is. After is the cool. best star pilot in the galaxy. And then the the studio renamed him as Goose, which is the, set, the best co-pilot in the universe. Mm. In Top Gun? In Top Gun, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, and his name, it's a flurkin. In the comic books, Rocket the Raccoon is the thing that yep. calls him out as a, as a creature, not a uh, cat. Mm. So the scrolls did it in, in this one. There's a lot of backlash for that scene because a lot of people are like, oh, they're white, or uh, not white, white like female, <laughs> like feminist, like anti-male, uh, because when they scanned Fury, it said weak human male. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, oh, no, cat, bad, <laughs> flicker, flick, flick. Right, ben Mendelsohn plays Talos, the scroll, or Keller, the agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., Mm-hmm. You may remember him as the villain Krennic in Rogue One. Mm-hmm. It took me a while mm-hmm. to remember where I saw yep. his face. Yep, it, I did too. I was like, where did I know that voice? Yes. Uh, Talos, the untamed, created by Peter David and Gary Frank, first appeared in The Incredible Hulk 418 in June 94. Talos, considered a mutant by the people, is a scrawl that was born without the ability to shapeshift, so they changed that because he did shapeshift in the movie. He made up for it by becoming one of the most feared scrolls on his planet, earned the title Talos the Untamed due to his savage and sinister nature. <clears throat> However, after getting captured by the Kree, he refused to commit suicide in the hopes of gaining glory for his survival. Instead, he was ridiculed and renamed the more humiliating Talos the Tamed. Hmm. Yeah, fun little uh, side note for this. When he was in the human form of Ben Mendelsohn, he had an English accent. 
when he was Ben Mendelsohn as Talos, he had his Australian accent, Ben Mendelsohn's home language. That's so it me essentially kind of like symbolism saying that he is at his truest form. Yes. Nice. Yeah. So for both Talos and for Ben Mendelsohn. Right. At their truest form. Hmm. Got a little small little symbolism. That is cool. And they changed the whole scroll thing because obviously they're good guys in this, but yeah. in the comics they're huge baddie. So it's right. kind of interesting that they diverted expectations that way. It, it was because we were like, oh, well, the Kree are killing bad people mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you can look at it this way. That there's always good and bad for whatever race that you mm-hmm. have, and so yeah. we could still have a a scroll right. invasion. I think Kevin Feige touched on that in, every, in an interview. I might have a quote later. I don't remember mm-hmm. if I copied it or not. Yep. All right, moving on, we have Lashana Lynch as Maria Rambo, the best friend of Carol and mother of Monica Rambo, who is played by Akira Akbar as an 11 year old, while Azira Akbar portrays her as a five year old. Thought that mm-hmm. was an interesting little trivia that mm-hmm. she, her sister, played her. And when she was younger, and then she plays her as the 11-year-old. Yep. Uh, her call sign for on her jet is Photon. Which is one of the <laughs> names she yep. goes by. No, it's one of her daughter's names that right, she goes then. by. Right. Yeah. Just a, a little nod to that. Uh, it's going to be interesting since uh, Infinity, or Endgame, whatever it's called, takes place 25 years later. Will she be an adult in this movie? Yes. Yeah, Monica's going to be 30-something. I mean, is she confirmed to be like no. in the movie? I know she's not. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, I don't know how much they'll touch on Marvel's history. Or all their, well, yeah, Captain her history. And... We kind of know what happened in the previous movies. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> she's new, so. It happens. Annette Benning, I thought she did a really good job. Mm-hmm. She played the Supreme Intelligence. She was not a green, ugly blob. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got and... a picture of it there, just in case you didn't yep. ever see her in the comics. That's mm-hmm. what and he then... looked like. Cute. <laughs> yeah, then she played Marvell, which is a male normally uh, in the comic books, and she played Dr. Wendy Lawson. So the Supreme Intelligence uh, first appeared in the Fantastic Four, uh, comic book number 65, and was created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, the one and only. Mm-hmm. The Supreme Intelligence, also known by the horrific title... Honorific. Uh, the, Honorific. Oh, horrific. <laughs> Honorific. Horrific. Honor. Completely different meanings. Yes. Yeah. Similar <laughs> spellings. Uh, what is that? Supremor? Supremor. The Supremor. Was, That's what I put on my tacos. Yeah. Supremor. <laughs> <laughs> was created more than a million years ago on the planet Kreelar by the extraterrestrial race known as the Kree to help them create a cosmic cube like their enemies, the Skrull, had once created. The Supreme Intelligence is composed of the brains of the greatest Kree minds, namely the Kree's thinkers, generals, philosophers, scientists, and so on, removed upon their deaths and assimilated, like Borgs, by a computer, adding <laughs> their knowledge and experience to their own. You must assimilate to the greater power. So the Kree did not create the Cosmic Cube in this movie. Did not. It was already there. Odin or something had I know Odin. There's the Titans. Over there. It was the the gods when the the world Big yeah. Bang it created the five stones. Yeah, but Odin sent it to Earth. Yeah, uh, that's all I remember. Right. Yep. Walter Lawson, the the male version, not Wendy, but Wendy. Walter. Doctor Walter Lawson was a scientist who was hired by General Bridges to work on a missile base, uh, Cape. On his way to the base, he was killed 
when his plane was shot down by a laser beam fired from a Kree ship. Colonel Jan Rog had actually aimed at Captain Marvell. Marvell took on the identity of Walter Lawson to infiltrate the base. Um, then just want to say that he, after working with the humans, he determined the the mission yeah. and then became a good guy and he worked to save the humans and then also, no, just basically humans. Yeah, because uh, scrolls weren't good in the comics. Yeah. In the movies, uh, Wendy decides to help and relocate the people, which is interesting because if she was working on a faster than light engine, why did she need to have all this research if the technology to jump through portals already existed? Yeah. Because the in the Guardians, remember, they had the, the hexagonal... They do it in this movie. Yeah, I know, but I was going to say, like in the Guardians, we had the hexagonal shapes and jumping through galaxies. They do it in this one as well. Uh, Guardians, not. And so I was like, what do you... Why like, do you need light travel if you can just jump through portals, basically? <laughs> right. So... Uh, it was kind of a thought, maybe if you just like, you know, just yeah. like killing people, you can just go to the other side of the galaxy. Because Red Skull transports to wherever that soul stone exists. Yeah, I don't remember <laughs> the name of the planet. <laughs> just by using the cosmic cube. So I think she's kind of trying to do create, something like yeah. that. Yeah. So you don't need a spaceship. You can just like bop around without anything. Baba booey. <laughs> well, also, didn't they say they had to go to a warp? point when they were trying to catch up with captain marvel in the movie so yeah. maybe there's like yeah there's, there's only certain spots where you can go through those hectagonal yeah. things yeah. they try and rationalize it that way right and the, like in guardians of the galaxy they go through like 50 of them and they're like faces are morphine yeah. <laughs> and it's maybe back in this day it was more controlled by kree and it's hard to find these ports yeah, and have uh it's almost like um in star trek ds9 they have a portal to another dimension but it's protected by the federation so mm. you have to have your passes to get through this portal oh, passport yeah could be something like that clark Gregg, my favorite <laughs> as phil colson we learn why fury has such a fondness for colson and goes to all the trouble of saving him which leads to the question is the scroll that pretends to be colson the same one they used to save him on agents of shield that was my thought I don't know. Mm. They, I know that they use coal, uh, the Cree blood mm-hmm. to save him. Mm-hmm. So like that, I mean, that could be. Uh, they also look at his junk. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a perfect nod to Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith, Mallrats, because yeah. <laughs> like he, he uh, Brody's obsessed with superheroes, junk, like the Thing and <laughs> the Hulk and all the. Mm-hmm. Jude Law as Jan Rog. Jan Rog first appeared in Marvel Superheroes number twelve. Was created by Stanley and Gene Colan. He is an alien Cree, a military commander whose weakness is his jealousy of the accomplishments of others and his love for the medic Una. Jan Rog had a deep hatred towards Marvel due to his love for Una. He ends up leaving Marvel on Earth so that Una can be his. Jan Rog later unleashes the Kree Sentry to dispose of Marvel. After Marvel defeats the Kree Sentry, Jan Rog contacts Ronan the Accuser to pass judgment on Marvel's action. Ronan declines. He is primarily a foe of Captain Marvel, specifically the Carol Danvers version, and was incredibly uh, indirectly responsible for her transformation into Miss Marvel. Which is interesting that Ronan declines yeah. because he's all about it in this one. Yeah. He the wants the stone, basically, in this movie, and like passing judgment on 
Marvel is the one way to get it. Right. Yeah. Uh, Jude Law. There was a lot of talk as to what character he was going to be before the movie came mm-hmm. out, and it wasn't like set in stone. Every clip, every trailer that we saw Jude Law, it looked in a positive light. So there's a lot of people who yeah. thought he was Marvel. Hmm. That would have been an interesting way to do it. Yeah, but boom, turning him into a bad guy was an interesting yeah. way to go too. Yeah, yeah, he looks good for it being in his fifties. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think he did a good job. I think so. The movie. Well, also. I was talking to Keith earlier about this. Isn't he a part of uh, the Nova Corps in Guardians? Jude Law? Yeah. I don't think he is. Isn't he? Isn't he the commander when they're defending uh, No. against Ronan? Mm-mm. There is a British dude. There's a British dude. British dude. Yeah, but that but wasn't I don't him. think it's that okay. Jude Law. Yeah, that's... I can see his face right now. I can't think yeah, of it. Yeah, he's been in a bunch of stuff. but he's... I'm a... I couldn't tell you his name. But that'd be cool if it was that guy. Yeah. yeah, I can't think of his name. Uh, definitely not John C. Riley. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh man, what, what's his name? I digress, but it wasn't him. There was a article I was reading that said they wish that he would have, like, when Captain Marvel puts him in a ship and sends him off into space, that it would have been interesting if he landed on the planet from Thor Ragnarok. And was like one of those guys, and we get a cameo from Jeff Goldblum in like the post credits. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, cool. Speaking about that whole scene right there, uh, when they're doing the well, this is previously when they're doing in the canyon shots, mm-hmm. where they were attacking that warbird and they're flying around. Uh, that is a direct correlation to Independence Day when they're fighting oh, the aliens. Yeah. And when she's dragging Jude Law yes. from the collar, the alien from it's, it's the same Day. as Independence Day. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. funny. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> I was thinking the trench run from Oh yeah, uh, New Hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Star Force. Sure. Kree team of superpowered individuals brought together by the supreme intelligence. Its original appearance was in the comic Avengers number three forty six, released in ninety two, as part of the Operation Galactic Storm storyline created by Bob Haras. So Jude Law leads the Star Force. Uh, he's never part of the Star Force in the comics, from what I read, and I think a couple of these people are, but he's not specifically. Yeah, uh, there's a few names in here, uh, like Min Irva. Uh, she was a scientist, but turned sniper. <laughs> That's an interesting way to go. Yeah, so first appearance in Captain Marvel 50. So this is Gemma Chan played Minerva, or Dr. Minerva. What was it? Minerva. <laughs> Minerva, but you know you break it up. First appearance, 50 in 19, uh, 1977, created by Scott Edelman and artist Al uh, Milkworm. I was born in... Uh, Adelix, a planet on the planet of Kree Lar. She became a geneticist and an agent of the Kree Empire. She was stationed on the Kree science cruiser uh, Ananim. I was like, <laughs> Anaheim? <laughs> False. Disney uh, World? <laughs> she orbited the Earth in the starship observing Marvel. So a lot of these people are obsessed with Marvel, apparently, in, in the comics. Yeah, they Jaimin Hansu as Korath the Persuader. You will remember him as a guy in oh, the Guardians. Oh, the Pursuer. Pursuer. I spelled that wrong. Oh, and Pursuer. It, yes, The yes. Persuader. It, uh, persuader. it, it will do I, this. I, I, I spelled it wrong. <laughs> yes. 
And then it auto-corrected <laughs> him. Korath, <laughs> yes. the Pursuer. Yeah, he's in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1, and he's a bad guy, essentially, in that movie. Mm. So I had a feeling like the Star Force was bad at that point. I was like, oh, this bad guy's part of this team. I was wondering when that was going to happen, like if yeah. he was technically a good guy and then turned rogue, yeah. which he kind of does because they're excommunicated. At least the Space Forces yeah. or Star Force. Uh, he first appeared in Quasar, number 32, in March 92. It was created by Mark Grunswald and Greg Capullo. <laughs> he is an agent of the Kree Empire. He has a, was a cyber genetic geneticist and the founder and head of the Pursuer Project to develop cybernetic warriors for the Kree militia. So in Guardians of the Galaxy, doesn't he have like some sort of... yeah. I don't know, cybernetic cyber things on her head. Yeah. <laughs> um, he was also been a munitions manufacturer, planet foreman, and a special operative of the Supreme Intelligence. It was revealed that Koroth Fuck was the lead designer of the project to that created the Pursuer, a cockroach from Earth modified by Krieg Genesis, which first appeared in Inhumans 11 in 97, 15 years before Koroth himself made his first appearance. 1977, I think I said 1997. Lee Pace, the elf <laughs> from Lord of the Rings, or the Hobbit, technically. Uh, he's the pie maker in that one, uh, Pushing Daisies TV show. Oh, yeah. It's a good that. show. Yeah, he was Ronan the Accuser. I made sure that that one was right. <laughs> yes. Not the Accusar. Yeah, the Accusar. <laughs> Uh, the or the acquirer, Ronan the acquirer, he acquires this infinity stone. Yeah, Ronan would. Well, he was. He did That's acquire true. at least one. Yeah, one of them. The space. No, the space is the cube. The space is the cube. It was the uh, time. No, no time not time. That's the green one. Ah, ha, ha, the, pro- the power, one. power, power, power. Yes, <laughs> we got there. Yeah, we we got there. The ether. No, that's wrong too. <laughs> uh, Ronan was created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, the one and only. He first appeared in Fantastic Four sixty-five in nineteen sixty-seven. Ronan was born on the planet Hala, the capital of the Kree Empire and the Greater Melanic Cloud. Ronan later joined the Accuser Corp, uh, who are. The Cree equivalent of the military governors and uh, jurists. Mm-hmm. And his rise to their ranks was extraordinary. He eventually became the third most powerful being in the Cree Empire. The Supreme Intelligence ultimately appointed him Supreme Accuser of the Cree Empire, as which he is known simply as Ronan the Accuser. I noticed in the movie he didn't have his little yeah the dark black. blue black lines on we his see face him yet, put it so. on in guardians like he yeah. comes out of that goo and he just like puts all that shit on his face <laughs> yeah <laughs> literally <laughs> there's a couple of people that were in the space that were not mentioned in here i don't have their names but i do have who they were there's uh, a big bearded yeah guy but. so after that there's well there's two there's atlas or atlas so his Captain Atlas was his moniker. He's mm-hmm. a villain uh, of Captain Marvel, or yeah, Captain Marvel. And then Bron Char, the big bearded mm-hmm. hammer big dude, guy. he wasn't technically part of the Space Force or Star Force. He Space Force. Was, I know that's the entire time I'm thinking <laughs> yes. Space Force. Uh, Bron Char was a low level militant, mm. but he was essentially a giant, and he. 
is one of the only few people to ever break Captain America's shield. Oh, wow. Mm. I don't know who played them, but they're very, like, minimal. Yeah, I couldn't find a lot on them on Wikipedia, so I just left them off completely. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. All right, so uh, from all that, you kind of get who they are and their their basic roles. Uh, We're going to talk about the end credit scenes but before we do that we're gonna jump to oh, another God. beer i know we did a lot of talking that, that time. was a lot so a, a little much mm-hmm. uh, after talking about the post credit scenes we'll probably talk about what we thought about the movie as well mm-hmm. uh before that uh i put together uh, a little little script for you uh pale is supposed to do it but pale just keeps not showing up whatever <laughs> uh it is the uh if you remember a couple episodes ago we had like a six hour talk about patreon but it Made it a little quick little script, so I'm going to take it away real quick. But while we do that, we're going to get another beer. So just BRB. Do you like what Drink In Geek Out is providing? Do you want more? Do you like video games, Game of Thrones, comedies like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Parks and Rec, and The Office? Well, so do we. However, sometimes these things just don't fit in with our current show format. But we still want to provide this to you. Just to provide you with an update, we do have five tiers on our Patreon with all nerdy stuff to provide you. You could become a super geek and receive a bonus episode every month. You'd become a mega geek and we could pick a topic for a future show. You could become an uber geek and we can do a show tailored around you. The perks go on and on and will continue to grow. So go on down to patreon.com slash out for more information. And now, back to the show. All right, we're back and we have uh, beer number two in front of us. I uh, didn't tease it this time. Uh, but it was made with a cho- uh, not, uh, coffee stout, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. All right. Ca- what is it? It is Fuel, Fuel Cafe Coffee Stout from Lakefront Brewing Company in Minnesota. So I wonder if uh, women drink beer have had this before. We'll find out. <laughs> this disclaimer was not our first beer of choice, uh, but... What I could find on short notice last night, <laughs> trying to fill in for the coffee stout because this was Pale's mm-hmm. um, original one that he wanted to do for this. So this is a little substitute because he wanted Jones and for Java by Man Anthony, but here in Fort Wayne, and we just missed it by a month. They pulled it off the shelves uh, and sold it all. So make more. Yeah, <laughs> should be around. Do we have a name? We didn't. I personally did not come up with one, um, I but I think we, either. you know, collectively could create something here. All right. I initially just thought black coffee, but that's a little simple. Yeah, I uh, I said uh, uh, to kind of go with the whole black coffee idea. I said uh, no cream, no sugar, but it's obviously Guinness, so there's there cream. cream. Yeah. So all cream, no sugar. I like it. Let's go with that. Yeah, it's already infinitely better than mine already. <laughs> there you go. All cream. <laughs> So, uh, there was nothing cool about this when you poured it, uh, like the last beer. There was a, like a three-tiered or, you know, kind of way, just foam, then not foam. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a lot of foam involved in my pour. I did not do a great job. But yeah. I also didn't spill it all over the table. Yeah. <laughs> I am notorious <laughs> when it comes to making these Guinness mixes to pour half of the Guinness on the, on the counter. Maybe that's how you get the right pour. You just yeah. have to spill half of it. <laughs> yeah, the, the first half of the pour is just foam. We all know that. Yeah. Especially in these little glasses, it's pretty yeah. tough. 
Yeah, I think I think last year we did solo cups. Mm-hmm. I think we had more range for me to a bigger, <laughs> bigger, a bigger opening. A bigger opening. I still missed. Um, but here we go. Let's uh, sniffers. That's kind of like a Guinness. Yeah, there's a little hint of coffee there. Yeah, there's a little of that coffee. Not much. Like a like a, a low roast. Uh, not that dark. I mean, it's like a dark. No, nothing. Low roasty. Definitely, it smells like it's been in your coffee cup for a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Not, not when you first <laughs> brew it. Got some stale beans. Yeah. Well, since this is a beer not many of us have had, I will tell you a little bit about Fuel Cafe here. It says okay. this unique style combines the flavor of roasted malts and Milwaukee's renowned Fuel Cafe coffee. So that's actual, I guess, coffee brand. Dark color with a beautiful creamy tan head. Coffee aromas dominate the nose with the background of roasted grain. The fine balance of mild hops, the gentle acidity of choice coffee, and the full mouthfeel. It's for you, pal. Um, <laughs> from roasted malt barley, make this an unforgettable brew. Maybe that'll help us try to pick some of those notes out when we. Oh, were we supposed to be listening this. to that? Uh, <laughs> Damn it, Keith, you're reading again. <laughs> All right. I guess uh, I'm just going to take some sips and see what we think. Oh, yep, there's a coffee. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Why isn't that not drowned out? <laughs> it's like, I don't know. We didn't taste the beer separately yeah, yeah. to know, like, maybe that is, like, outrageously coffee. But, it, like, I feel like maybe the Guinness adds more coffee notes to it or something. Yeah. Takes out some of the flavor, just beefens up the, the coffee. Mm-hmm. I've had a couple other coffee beers that were similar to the style that kind of Felt like you you were drinking the the burnt side of the coffee yeah. grounds afterwards. This, I don't really get that feel from this one. But there's not a whole lot there other than coffee. Creamy coffee. Yeah. Mm. Can I get some sweet and low, please? <laughs> <laughs> it's really smooth to go down. Like, there's nothing harsh in the back end at all. Mm-mm. Yeah, that Guinness really smooths everything out, doesn't it? Yeah. That's probably why I like drinking it so much. <laughs> It's like beer milk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is just like a little bite from whatever roast they use. You can kind of yeah. There is like, like spiciness yeah. or like mm-hmm. a bitter, like some sort of bite. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, the the nose doesn't match the flavor because I mean, if I was going to start making guesses as to what I smell versus what I taste, mm-hmm. it's like going from a low to a medium roast, just from my experience. A lot of reviews on this. Um, says that the coffee is really not that pronounced in it. Interesting. So, and we already have it half with Guinness. So <laughs> it's still pretty pronounced, I think. And we're pulling it out, if anything. Yeah, like, maybe the whatever Guinness is doing to it is really accenting the, the coffee notes. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a pretty good stout. I think it's With all really things good. considering. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's okay. I know we're not doing it, but I pulled up your advocate <laughs> it's 3.43 out of 5 is it really yeah. fuel cafe organic coffee stout or is there one that's not organic from lakefront brewing it's the organic one okay yeah it's got a 3.67 on uh untapped there's a lot of reviews on here 1061 ratings oh wow well, beer advocate 37,000 on untapped <laughs> i feel like this is an entirely different beer <laughs> if you drink it like standalone yeah yeah 
David F. says, coffee, taste, and nose. No stronger than taste. Flat and smooth. Matt D. says, strong coffee taste. Delicious. So, contradicting the lack of coffee taste to whatever reviews on Beer Advocate. <laughs> this is most definitely better than a three and a half, which is what yeah. I'm hearing that most people will probably gave this. Yeah, a lot of 375s. There's some, some fours. Huh. I think I would lean closer to that. Not quite a four, I don't think. Mm-hmm. But, of course, we're drinking it with the mix. Yeah. So. So you can't really go off of those scores. And it's pretty old anyway. <laughs> yeah. Good old Indiana liquor stores. That's Sell you okay. old beer. You can age my stouts for me. Yeah. It doesn't hurt them. Keep yeah. them warm on that shelf, collecting <laughs> dust. I think I probably would go with a 375 on this mm-hmm. and say that the, the name is much better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> I thought mine was clever. Fair enough. But <laughs> <laughs> that, that coffee taste, the creaminess, I mean, it just feels like I'm drinking a coffee with you know some kind of cream in it i don't know if it's straight up milk or if it's coffee creamer mm-hmm. or something but there's something in there not a whole lot of sweetness to it but no sugar yeah no as sugar. you said yeah no all cream no sugar yeah i i named that before tasting this by the <laughs> yes. way pretty impressive it's very fitting i think i'm gonna agree with dustin's score and go with a 3.75 just because I think I prefer the peanut butter version mm-hmm. of the Guinness or whatever we want to call these that we just had earlier in the show. But I still think this has got a good coffee flavor and like the Guinness really, in my opinion, probably improves it over mm-hmm. the scores that they're giving it on untapped. So I, I would say if you have one of these sitting around, add some Guinness to it and you'll probably uh, enjoy it more. Yeah. They seem to be readily available. Right. So it's Guinness. So mm-hmm. it'd be a perfect match. Mm-hmm. I want to click higher. I went four because mm-hmm. I love coffee beer. Um, it's not as strong as I would like, but I really love that creaminess that the Guinness brings to yeah. it. I really want to try it just by itself. I'll definitely go back and probably pick up another one. <laughs> Let's open that other one. Sorry, okay. Pam. Sorry, Pam. Um, just to kind of see, and hopefully one that's a little bit more fresh too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe... You know, the coffee mellows out after a time or it picks up after a time. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, there's so many factors that could go into this, but I really enjoy that coffee. And then that creamy blend with it. It's like, oh, it's like what I just drank this morning. Yeah. Yeah. I would uh, probably bring it down to about a three and a half. Okay. The roast I was getting from the bean and that probably is not something I, as the usual roast I would pick. So Hmm. kind of the flavors it was bringing out. Or a little bit, bit much for me, um, and they, I mean the flavor came a lot more than the peanut butter stuff. That did, is true, which was kind of nice because I thought it'd just get you know washed over by the Guinness base, mm-hmm. um, but I think they went well together. Um, I just wasn't a huge fan of the <laughs> yeah. flavors that were coming through. Good deal. Yeah, as a decaf drinker, I don't have options <laughs> <laughs> for <laughs> what roast the they have. Uh, all right, so back to the movie. We just have a couple things to uh, finish up here. Uh, we had two, uh, two credit trailers credit or yeah, yeah, credit scenes. We had a mid, and then we had a uh, post credit scenes. And so the mid one, uh, it's probably live footage from the movie 
like a sample like scene from yeah scene from the Infinity War in game. Mm-hmm. It's kind of what they did with the Ant Man Civil War one, where like, yeah, uh, Winter Soldier is tied up or whatever. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of reminded me of that. Right, and so the pager is uh, beeping forever. They find it, they put it up, and they bypass the battery. Seems like it's been there in a while. Yeah, <laughs> so responding. It's kind of just ticking. And it starts off with Cap and Black Widow just watching the population tracker go up as confirmed missing. Mm-hmm. So it's not as it's not current as people are fading away. It's probably the reported missing, yeah, right. like whatever algorithm mm-hmm. is set up to find uh, missing people. And the it is on the screen. It's displaying. I think it's three point two or three point three billion mm-hmm. people missing, which is really close to. Uh, half of our yeah population, population which Absolutely. is three point eight some some mm-hmm. some some so and it keeps going up yeah we don't ever see the final number yeah it's uh it's it's just rolling uh Rody comes in says hey it stopped they all go in there talk to Bruce about it uh Cap is old man Cap well just reboot it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> turn it on turn it and turn on it back. and start it again <laughs> and at that point uh. She pops up behind. She him. pops up behind. Well, him. it was neat because um, oh my god, well, I'm blanking on her name, Scarlett Johansson. Mm. Yeah. What's her Black name? Widow. Black Widow. Black Widow. Oh my gosh. I had beer in my mouth. I would have responded sooner. Um, because they were all like, "Well, is it really that necessary?" And she said, "No, it's important to Fury. If it's important to Fury. So, it's important. Yeah, it's this is important. We need to keep going because we have no other leads to go off of. So it's right. like even then they're still arguing. Like, why are we still wasting our time wasting our time this. with this? This we doesn't even know mean what anything. It does. But she kind of like brought it home and it's like, no, we need to continue mm-hmm. to do this. So I thought that was neat. There's already tension. Like, mm-hmm. what the hell are we doing? Like, there's a lot of sitting around. Like, there's we don't like know five what to of do. Us left, and we yeah, we're just sitting here waiting for something. To so happen. I thought that was that was neat to see that that there's already mm-hmm. the tension that's between them all. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, as you said, she shows up. Where's Fury? Yeah, and you can tell that time has passed because she changes her part. <laughs> she <laughs> yes. looks exactly the same. Twenty five years later. Yeah, she's definitely unaged, but the parts her different. Yeah. Parted down and the middle instead of off to the side. The plus costume's different. The costume, yeah, it's upgraded as well. Uh, there's a subtle change. I don't <laughs> think it matters, but time has changed. So with uh, Kevin Feige has said, uh, we've officially learned that Marvel, uh, from Marvel, that there's no real idea whether Fury has used that pager before, and maybe she just hasn't responded. Like This is the first time we've seen him use it. doesn't mean he hasn't tried. Right. I feel like if he's tried before... And has not responded. Yeah. Why would he immediately jump to that? I feel like, yeah, I know. It's just, <laughs> I feel like this is like the event that he decided to. Yeah, you yeah. would think. Color in on. Because he, yeah, this is the worst it's been. Mm-hmm. But why didn't he use it in the first Avengers when there's a portal open in the sky? Right. She just yeah, come so, through and yeah. kill the portal. I don't know. Uh, then, I mean, that was it. Uh, then we have the end one where Goose pukes up the Tesseract. Got a hairball, puked up the Tesseract. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the problem with this one, and it's a problem that I had with the entire movie. It's not the entire movie, it's just little parts of it. Yeah. Um, in Captain America, when they knock, oh, the, the Tesseract is not for more mural, uh, mortal eyes mm-hmm. and... Uh, it burns your hands when you touch when Red Skull grabs it, and it, it's knocked off of the 
uh, the ship's energy core and it falls through the plane, yeah. burns a hole through the plane. Oh, yeah. And Howard Stark grabs it with a machine <laughs> and they even like scratch it and it blows up or Yeah. How the hell is a Fonzie tin <laughs> holding that in? Holding I can understand yes. when Captain Marvel picks it up because she's made she's from power. that power. She's made from the power. I get it. But how is that Fonzie tin holding that? It's Did like special scientists put something in it to hold it. <laughs> it's like uh Man of Steel can't see through lead or something. Yeah. So no. this cube cannot go through aluminum. aluminum. <laughs> it's <Something>. one weakness. <laughs> uh, but it, it, it ties in with the uh, few random uh, Pulp Fiction Easter eggs mm-hmm. in here. Sam Jackson wise, you know, you open up the you open up the briefcase in Pulp Fiction. Glow. You have the the glow of the light. It's the same thing with you open up this yeah. uh, Fonzie tin. You have a blue light or whatever. Uh, but but all that if they have a special tin that it doesn't burn through then why does why does he have a desk now because it <laughs> yeah. picks it up it should have just yeah. burned right through the desk so it was yeah. in uh, found in the ocean by Stark yeah maybe the ocean water <laughs> weakened it and now it, now it just doesn't go through things mm. like it used to it's watered down it's power. watered down <laughs> so Captain Marvel's watered down <laughs> I don't know yeah um, it is kind of frustrating that they don't kind of hold to that but uh, yeah but that's one of those things did they really have this planned all those years ago no. and it's like oh, shit now we gotta come up with How, something yeah. to tie this in yeah and w- means it gotta change a few things yeah nobody remembers and how powerful are these little kitties <laughs> that can flirt yeah <laughs> that can have it inside and right. not kill them apparently there's a pocket dimension in their stomach so oh. it's not actually in him yeah, a uh, little funny note about that. Uh, when they was it a first not first Avengers but the first Avengers movie, when they call Bruce Banner in and say, "Hey, uh, you need help. We need help with this," and he's like, "What do you want me to do? Eat it?" <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's kind of like everything coming together. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, for all that. Um, so with this, uh, Dr. Wendy Lawson created the Pegasus Project, mm-hmm. uh, which was, um, I forget the acronym, but it ends Yeah, with, I don't remember what it stands for. Uh, U.S. is the United States, obviously. But it, it's something to do with uh, energy, is uh, something energy, something, something United States. <laughs> <laughs> so... I don't really remember what it was, but uh, when you go to uh, the first Avengers movie, when they're down where Loki steals, that's the Mojave Desert, which is the same place. Well, the same desert that they're at in uh, Captain Marvel, but it's a different terrain. So we're Mm -hmm. thinking two different places, Uh, but that's also the Project Pegasus. Uh, So the Project Pegasus has been mentioned in several different movies. Uh, it was first mentioned in Iron Man 2 uh, when he was – all right, when he first hears about the Avengers project, he tells Jarvis to go through and collect Goliath, Exodus, and Pegasus, Pegasus as projects so he can understand, like, what's going on with S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, and we all we just found out what Project Goliath was in when we Wa- – Ant-Man Wasp. Yeah, Ant-Man mm-hmm. the Wasp. And we do not know what Exodus is, so that's – looking. 
that's probably in a future movie. Yeah, we're going to still figure that one out. Uh, Pegasus stands for Potential Energy Group Alternate Sources United States. Mm. So it's like alternate. S.H.I.E.L.D. where they yeah. just alternate wanted energy to make sources, yeah. an acronym. Also, another another thing I really disliked about it is they he dresses as S.H.I.E.L.D., but in Iron Man... Coulson was like, we don't have a name, but here's our yeah. security of Homeland. And, yeah. it, and he's like, yeah, we're working on the name. But he said it in there. It kind of bothered me. Secret. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It's, Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement Logistics Division. Yep. Yes. Yep. That's exactly right. Sounds like you really wanted an acronym. <laughs> I really wanted one. <laughs> Uh, so, I mean, what's next for Captain Marvel? We see that she's going to be in the sequels, and there's probably going to be another movie. Yeah, nothing in Phase 4 is really announced, but we can right. assume that there'll be Captain Marvel 2. I feel yeah. like they're going to release the roadmap as soon as the movie's out, because we're waiting right now for right. Phase 4. We don't mm-hmm. know what's out there. But yeah, they got a plenty of time in there to play with mm-hmm. about what has she been doing this entire mm-hmm. time, so... Yeah, so I wonder... My theory is they'll fill in that gap, maybe, with a sequel yeah. that explains where she was between mm-hmm. Endgame. Yeah. With Jude Law going back to yeah, the homeworld and her going to destroy the rest of the Krees. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we got mm-hmm. Ronan saying he's coming back to steal the weapon. Which is her. Which is her now. So now Ronan will be main bad guy in that. There's so actually cool. a nice little theory about Guardians of the Galaxy. I know we got to wrap this up. Um, <laughs> Let's talk all day. He, uh, Quill, who's... Terran, mm-hmm. so out in there, part uh, part human, part alien, mm-hmm. celestial, uh, said he got a scar from a Kree girl. That would be interesting. When he hooked up with her. A young, oh. young Pratt. Yeah. That'd and, be cool. And uh, he got something. And it's like, how did he get that if this over here? So mm-hmm. maybe there's some intertwining. I would pay to see Chris Pratt and Brie Larson go at it. Yes. Like. And they like to throw in these cameos. Once they introduce the characters, mm-hmm. they'll throw like a Doctor Strange in a Thor movie or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, other than all of that, I thought it was a fantastic film. I, I give it, really good. like 100% 10 out of 10. Would watch again. Mm-hmm. Tell people to watch it for sure. I don't think it's like the perfect Marvel. It's a good origin mm-hmm. story, but it's not like my favorite yeah. like Marvel in the well, be in the MCU. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to put it above any of the Captain Americas, but I'm telling <laughs> right. you, right? It's a great movie. I yeah, ten out of ten. Watch it. Like, it's a great movie. In like what we were talking about, it's like she's already inside of this universe. I think they were limited with the earlier mm-hmm. ones. They had everything to play with. Now it's like we have a certain time All this frame. Is established. We have already. to. Yeah, we this is established. It and it's like they couldn't be as creative. I think as they wanted to. It's kind of like the Star already, Wars prequel yeah, problem. Boxed where in. It's like, this takes place in between all these other movies, and you got to kind of make sense of everything and not mm-hmm. try to fuck everything up <laughs> in the timeline. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. But I think it did a good job. Yeah, and it's an origin story. And like you said, the first half of the movie, she was me. Right. And then you know she came into her character, and I'm excited to see her interact with all the Avengers now. Yeah. I think it was also kind of nice to give you a little bit more on like some of the subplots where you get to see like Cree. Yeah. And it's all these stuff that's glory days talked about, but you don't get a whole lot of the crime story. So you kind of see like Ronan when he was younger Mm -hmm. and all that. So it kind of lets you start bridging all the net like connections you've been seeing. Yeah. Definitely agree. Bring it together. And with Disney having that technology to wind back the time and make people look younger, there's possibilities for mm-hmm. anything. I know that we're getting in a Scarlet Joe movie. 
of Eventually, Black Widow. Yeah. It's going to be set a couple years before Iron Man in 2008, so probably like 2004, 2005. Yeah. And we might get Budapest in there. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, but yeah, this is, I like this movie. I'm excited to see what is going to spawn mm-hmm, from it. Definitely. Sure. All right. Sweet. Yeah. All right. So I just making sure we <laughs> have nothing else, else to, to really say? talk about. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So for us here at the Northern Studio, uh, <laughs> lovely Keith's house. <laughs> Until next time. Drink up and geek out. <laughs>